This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The following podcast is equivalent to a TVMA rating, thanks to the author's strong and frequent use of adult language and graphic recollection of her sexual escapades. We strongly advise listening alone or with an extremely open-minded, politically incorrect companion, such as a gay bestie. Welcome to another episode of How Bitches Are Made. I'm your host, Rachel Melvin. And I'm still learning, Kevin Barrett. <laughs> I, I find How whenever... are they made? What? what? <laughs> We're here to learn today, people. Um, here's something for you all to learn. We are recording uh, in my art box, which is a shipping container that we've... Yeah, that we've gentrified. Transformed. That's a and... word. Gentrified. <laughs> yes. We might be coming out of food comas or going into one. I cannot. I can't tell you. We just had some delicious lunch. It was delicious. Um, and this, now... Yeah, the shipping container is actually where How Bitches Are Made started. Um, we shipped Rachel over in the <laughs> shipping container. I opened it up and uh, her and a bunch of her friends. We uh, should probably cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to until you said that. That's amazing. Okay, so um, yes, we're doing. We're we're. You're gonna hear outdoor noises and stuff because we don't have electricity or oxygen to breathe unless the doors open. So, but I I was gonna say I find that whenever I'm in this space, I become way more animated and goofy, which makes me feel really good. Um, okay, so this is a deep dive episode on the story called Grounded. Grounded. Um, which was my story. Yeah, this was a fun one. I've been excited about camp. this one coming okay, up. Okay, so had you heard this one before? Sometimes I yeah, read you Kevin. Yeah, read this one to me. Yeah. I did read it to you. Yeah, and I was like, God, you're a terrible writer. Like, why, <laughs> why did you do that? Who are you? Yeah, when I read it to Kevin, <laughs> he did not react like the farmer. <laughs> that was a good, a good first impression. I was, I was like, like, okay, all right. You sound jaded towards this guy, and I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. Yeah, sometimes I will read as I'm editing. I'll I'll read my stories out loud to Kevin before I record them. And um, I think like the next, I think like up until the season finale, from now until the season finale, you haven't even heard any of the stories because some yeah. of them are about you and I wanted to catch your organic reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Shock and awe. Yeah. It's going to be great. I can't wait to put you on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. This is real exciting. Great. Um, but as I told Kevin before, I don't really have much to follow up on this. So I'm putting you on the spot now if you'd like to give put me on the spot with any questions you might have um how'd you meet darlene and where did this summer camp come from because you've told me like about it but okay so i met darlene darlene was an assistant of a high profile actor that i crossed paths with and for you always somehow manage to make me say this word anonymity <gasps> i said it perfectly oh my what was gosh. i trying to say earlier i didn't have to edit it Ve- vehemently Ve- vehemently 
vehemently. Vehemently, I always add extra like consonants. Yeah, I always word. stop in the middle and then actually just keep trying. You know what's funny is on my notes for this, I actually put is confliction a word, and then I forgot to look it up. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's spelled with an X. <laughs> <laughs> I don't and, know. Well, I think because I'm thinking of the bl- the brand Affliction, that yeah. it sounds like it's a word, like, but I have a feeling it might not be a word. Like a conflict? Shun? It makes sense if you're using context clues. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the word non sequitur. Sequitur is not a word. Right. Like this if you were like, oh, this Latin. is sequitur. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, but non sequitur is a word. Yeah. What about Latin? <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know? Okay. That's how I learned so, English. So that was how I met Darlene. The summer camp was something... Summer camp is really interesting because it was something that had been going on for a while all across the country. So they have them in like multiple states and you would go like the farmer who's not really from Oklahoma, but a state similar. Hmm. He would go to wherever. um, I just to clarify, Oklahoma is like a pseudonym for where he's from, so to speak. Oh, because I, you know, and and fuck, I should have stopped by then. (laughs) Okay, anyhow. So, um. He would go, like, he usually, the farmer usually went to one of the camps they have more that was, like, on the East Coast because it was closer Mm. to him. So the one we went to was in Modesto. But so he went to this one, I guess, because he frequented um, all the camps for many years. And so Mm. he was kind of trying to go to all the different ones because they're different depending on the terrain. So, like, in the South, there's a lot more water. So, like, they'd have, like, tubing courses, which is, like, way more fun. That's super fun. Plus, he could also, also like, you know, scope out the hot chicks in the in South, all the different places. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was his tactic, Kevin. <laughs> Who knows? So uh, I almost said her real name. So Darlene, um, she had been going to the camp for many years prior to when I met her. And when I met her, they had stopped doing the camp. I'm unclear of whether or not that was altogether or just for California's location. They had stopped doing the camp for a period of time. And then um, she was super bummed. And I remember her telling me about it, like, oh, I wish you could experience this camp. And so they finally came back for a year. And it was kind of like their farewell tour. Because what ended up happening was the guy that created it, I think he had like a AVM, which is what I have in my head, the ulterior venous malformation. Mine is microscopic to where sometimes it doesn't even show up on a scan. But his, I guess, ruptured. And he had a stroke and he died in like his 20s, late 20s, right after he had started this camp. And so um, his family and friends, understandably, had a really hard time holding the camp every year because it was painful and they also had a lot going on. So they kind of did this last farewell camp and then it ended after this one that I went to. But now I actually think it's back or it may have started to come back before COVID. We should look it up because we're getting closer to Halloween and I was looking at my dragon outfit. (laughs) that was like definitely the weirdest thing for me is it was like i do love (laughs) in the story when i was like it was like comic con the wooded version of comic con because everyone dressed (laughs) up yeah and they had like themed nights too i think the dance that they had was 80s or 90s themed and then they had another night where we were all supposed to dress in pajamas is it to like get out of your comfort zone and like yeah i think just be silly and i think that's the point it was i guess it's strange for me because i didn't really know what to expect i kind of said it in the story i expected it to be more like camping when you're a kid then you found yourself in a renaissance fair it was like a renaissance fair camp for (laughs) sure and it was it was great i mean i did love being my favorite part of camp was actually 
the circles where there were deep discussions because they were usually about psychology, which I'm really into. Well, that's shocking. I know. Right? That you like to have conversations with people. <laughs> I know. Get into your writer brain. The activities were really hard for me, though, because first of all, all the things that I wanted to, I feel like such an asshole saying what I'm about to say. All the things that I wanted to do filled up because they only allowed like 10 people per course. Oh. So all the things I wanted to do were filled up. And then I went to like one that I was super excited about, which was the joy of painting. Like it was like a Bob Ross course. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being like, I could teach this fucking class better than this chick. And I was like, so I left early. And then I was super... Wait, did you stay at any activities? Because you said you left early on the uh, yeah, no, bow, I, I, bow and arrow. I left, archery. I was pacing out all over the place. <laughs> like, this stream is great. <laughs> I did enjoy it. You know what I really did enjoy? What? It wasn't, um, I didn't go to it during the time of the activity. So they had set up all these different stations. So the one that I really wanted to do that I didn't get into, I forgot what they called it, but it was like a tea time travel thing. Mm -hmm. It was, I think, supposed to mock like mushrooms, but obviously there were no drugs at this. Right. So you would go into like this yurt kind of thing and it had really cool like floor cushions and stuff and you would just drink all these different teas and like time right. travel and talk about like... um expansive things that's super fun that yeah. was cool i didn't get to go to that one and then um the Would have one been like a sweat lodge was it hot when you went no it was very oh. cold teepees can get it was cold sweat lodgy <laughs> <laughs> and then um the other thing that i didn't get to do was like a, a typewriting class hmm. but i went when i left the archery class before i found myself down at the stream i actually spotted the stream because i went up to like this hut that had all these old school typewriters in it oh, and cool. i was like this is cool so i had fun no shock being independent and doing my own thing, <laughs> doing your own thing. well and you're guaranteed not to see that guy near a typewriter i know yeah. oh my god is... could you believe him that's crazy i was so, so i was so put off by that dude it's so funny well even like you said this the whole, archery guy sorry it's so funny that um a camp like that where like you said it's a bunch of silicon valley like techie type people or you know people yeah. that might be a little more well off and not not the hippie vibe you know yeah um that i did ayahuasca a couple night ayahuasca weekend and it was it it brings me back to that moment like when you talk about this because i had my preconceived you know like mm -hmm. what it was going to be and it turned out being the same thing there were definitely multiple hippies that were like very very druggy ethereal you know deep in that and then there was also like the very formidable uh, upscale women and men that had the worst trips because you know They've never done anything like that. Yeah. And I was like right in the middle, you know, but there was like all these like weird little things that they were doing and like doing their own like little singing bowls and puzzles and stuff. And that's... I think I would have liked this camp more if there was like a focus on meditation more. Right. Like there was there was hints of that, like the white the white silent night I was talking about where we yeah. all like kind of meandered about the four, which was very cool. That was yeah. my favorite part that of camp, fun, actually. Yeah. But I wish that there had been more like. Exactly what you're talking about, like yoga classes, mm -hmm. sound bowls, like more like the high tea, or not the high tea, but the tea room that right. they had. Or they did have zip you to go sit down by the stream. Yeah. I did stay in the zip lining course. That was the one oh, I completed. Nice. But yes, go ahead. Sorry, the stream. I mean, that one's pretty easy. It's all downhill. I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that one was really, really fun. And like, you're kind of isolated from everyone as you're going down the line anyway. But yeah. Um, you just said, oh, the thing I was going to say is I suspect that each of these camps that they have 
in all the different states, which is kind of why the farmer wanted to do this, I assume, mm -hmm. is because they're all, like, like I said, they're influenced by the terrain that they have the camp on and also the people in that area that gravitate towards them. Right. So this was so far up in Northern California that the bulk of the people were from California. Right. And I love the people from California, but let's be real, sometimes everyone's a little too fucking oversensitive. And that's how I felt being at this camp. And I'm prepared for that with artists, yeah. but not with like people in the tech world. So I think that- Or archery instructors. Why are you so sensitive? No, no the archery instructor was great. It was the oh. stupid. It was the oh, stupid person. <laughs> I'm so mean. The stupid person, this dude that was all freaked out because I'm left-handed and I was like doing my. I had to like flip what she was teaching me because, ma'am, ma you are <laughs> reckless. I know there's not an arrow in there. You might oh my give me God. a rubber band. Could you, you believe know, that? Snap. Like, how am I gonna hurt him? Anyway. He was getting on it. me because I had to do like a mere flip in my head to like mimic what she was doing on the oh, left side. And right. so he thought I was doing it wrong and I wasn't. I don't <laughs> ever do anything wrong. Anyone know anything? Do they make left-handed bows? Like no, they're all the same. Clubs? It's just how you like hold the arrow. That's that's what I was uh, like trying to figure out and he was getting all fucking frantic. Uh, just like relax, bro. Okay. Um, the one thing that I... When listening back that like I, I ask questions, by the way, if you have no, more, I'm, I'm just good. there's <laughs> I just remembered this awareness that I had that I wanted to elaborate a little bit more on when I said uh, all of a sudden, like it was like I got bitch slapped and I kind of realized like, OK, what do you want the next chapter of your life to look like? I didn't really explain why I had that thought, like the inciting incident that conjured the that up. was about the writing, right? When he said... That was part of it, but that was, that was like, the tipping point, followed up with the fact that, like, he did live in an RV. Nothing <laughs> against people that live in RVs. Right. Was I don't like, like small spaces. Was what? it on the farm? Yes, and that was part of the thing. Oh. The RV was in his dad's name, so he didn't have rent. He was, like, living on someone else's property. Didn't he have a large, like, golden retriever, too, that slept... He had a very him? large dog, again, to be vague. Mm -hmm. oh. I had such a problem with that. He had a large dog In that a small is known. Space. No, that is known to be very anxious. Like, it's a very anxious oh. breed already. And then it's big. And then, yes, he just had it in his RV. That to that's me is is borderline, if not animal cruelty. Yeah. Like that's just not okay. Because I'm not talking about like a big RV, like you go camping in. I'm t I'm talking like it's not even as big as this container. This is what a twenty foot container. Yeah, it, it wasn't was, this big. No. Wow. It was super super. It was like a camper. It was like a camper, yeah. which which is totally fine. But I had this moment where I'm looking around and I'm like, this can't be my life. <laughs> like this is gonna sound terrible. But I had to look at my life very objectively. I'm like, I am a working actor in Los Angeles. I am financially secure. I have a very nice apartment. Did I have the house at this point? I didn't know. I didn't know if I had the house at this point or not. But I was like, I'm in my 30s. I'm getting ready to settle down and get married. And I looked and I'm like, I am dating a child. Who like, was ready to settle down and get married. But, but he wasn't. Anyone. But he wasn't really. Yeah. So it made me look at my life and go, okay, if you actually are ready to get married, you have to stop dating inappropriate people like this. And For again, sure. I'm not like getting on his case, like being like he's a terrible person because all these things. These. This is just a lifestyle yeah. I know is not gonna like mesh with Fit mine. With you, yeah. So 
Is it out of the question moving into the art box? <laughs> I would. No, I want to just sleep in here so nights nice <laughs> if I wouldn't be afraid of people locking me in. I know, yeah. Yeah, that'd I'm be terrifying. Real doors on this. But, but yeah, and then on top of that, I think the bigger question that was presented to me was I was crushing on one of my co-stars at the time, too. I was kind of having these other feelings. Why are you looking at your phone? I'm talking to you. I have I'm notes. Just kidding. I have notes also. <laughs> You're just kidding. Um. <laughs> I was crushing on this other guy that I was... Mm. You can really look at your phone. I don't care. No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> um, that I was uh, working with. And he had a girlfriend. So, like, I knew it wasn't going to last. But he was more indicative of what I actually saw myself with. Right. So his purpose in my life was to kind of show me and co- to contrast what I was dating and where I wanted to go. Right. And I think that presented me with the realization that not only am I dating inappropriate people, but I seem to like people that are emotionally unavailable or where there's a there's a barrier in between. Hmm. So in this case, there was distance with the farmer. Um, in my that co-star's was- case, there was it couldn't happen girlfriend, because yeah. he had the girlfriend. Yeah. Right. So there was always like some weird. I think it's good and like new relationships that you don't know where it's going to go and it's only a month or two in it's good to have a little grass is greener you know yeah influence because yeah. you do see that beforehand yeah like, yeah what else i was you wanted to bring something. up the parents no no no, no, no. Uh, but we should later do you want to talk about that right now i mean I, I don't huge, i literally yeah. don't have a so, uh, sequential I, order for any of my notes today i reminded bridge because this is the last episode i think that we that I got to hear and which you again this to me like eight months ago over a year no yeah. over a year ago because again this oh, was okay, so yeah. next next chapter is when was it is it next yeah next chapter is when I started writing these this year right. All, the first four chapters of this season already. were written before COVID so I wrote them a long time ago okay so I reminded you uh well when I was listening to it and uh, you were talking about the parents that got engaged after like the first date or something yeah you had told me back in that time that the dad like just randomly like found the wife across the country didn't know her address or something so i want to hear that story again so i'm gonna try my best to remember it i honestly have the worst memory so i vaguely recall him saying his parents met somehow i don't think that they maybe they were living in the same state bar or something some oh yeah yeah it was a bar you're right you're right you're right oh god you're gonna have to help me through this because i i don't even hardly remember telling you (laughs) so they'd met at a bar maybe she was like going off to college or something bottom line he didn't have her address he managed to somehow find her address and then showed up on her doorstep and was like i want to marry you i was like what boundaries if someone showed up on my doorstep and all they had was my fucking name i would be getting a restraining order and going to the police because he just fucking stalked me but instead oh that's so romantic oh my god of course i'll marry you i mean look for some people and that's an exception i can't emphasize that enough it works his parents are the exception because they're still married for 40 plus years or maybe less i don't know yeah but it does show me. But clearly what boundaries he... Right. Those are the quote-unquote boundaries yeah. he's familiar with, which are not having any whatsoever. And then the whole bit about him with that girl, when Kevin was listening back to the story, he looked up at me, his eyes bulged out of his head, and he was like, what? I go, I know, right? Like how he just dumped that girl for me because he was like, you're the one. And I'm like, hold up, bro. Yeah, that's nuts. Well, yeah. the biggest red flag there is that he 
so easily does that with her. Let's say he's not going to deal with you next, you know? Like, oh. That didn't even cross my mind because I was so hyper-focused on, like, the euphoria that he had. Right. And, like, I think that's what made him seem so much younger to me, too. It was just, like, it came off as an experience. Right, yeah. Maybe that's why he thought I was so jaded or bitter or those words he used to describe me, which is, in essence, how bitches are made. Yeah. Everyone has this perception of a bitch. Oh, she's just cold and gruff. Well, no, if you actually knew the things... I love that lyric that Taylor Swift has. What is it? I could, I could build a castle. Oh, we got to check into our flights, babe. Oh, <laughs> I could build a castle out of all the bricks they threw at me. Sorry, my alarm went off, so we had to acknowledge checking. We're, we're <laughs> leaving town tomorrow. We'll get into that in a minute. But the Taylor Swift lyric is, um, I could build a castle out of all the rocks they threw at me. And it's kind of like, yeah, you like you think I'm this terrible person, but if you actually knew what, what my foundation was made of, you'd, you'd see that I've lived. And, and that's all that really means is I've gotten smarter and stronger. Okay, yeah. not to like have like a total fangirl moment with Taylor Swift, but that was my favorite thing about the um the Reputation album. It was like her breakthrough and I wrote this whole like blog post about it that doesn't exist anymore. Maybe I'll put it back <laughs> on there, but it was um she had this video, what was that first song? Knew he was a killer. First time yeah. that I saw yeah. him. That whole song like Oh, are you ready for it? like the whole video was about her being this princess behind glass and then like coming out like this dark whatever and everyone's like we don't like this side of taylor swift and i was like i do was she... it taylor or Brittany here are you ready for it that's taylor that's that the song the i'm one? talking about oh, it is okay i cool. know that like my yeah. my beautiful voice didn't like you know accurately convey the song i was referencing but you did great <laughs> i love you singing uh that was very funny when you were doing that voiceover audition the other day and you were oh playing it back God. and we were trying to choose which one to send. Don't tell people this. And uh, she was supposed to be very excited because you were playing like a crayon or something. It was like a, a Nickelodeon thing. Oh, a pencil. Or sandpaper. <laughs> yeah. All you hear when you start playing it, oh my God, it's Taylor. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> she had to get amped for it. She had it was to get my as if. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, leave that in that there. so embarrassing. I it's never so would have played that if I knew you could hear it. Okay. <laughs> Um, jumping around just because I'm kind of liking the, uh, jazziness mm -hmm. of this, not having a plan. I wrote, I obviously wrote this when I was hearing it back. So the, the whole idea of masks, how did you feel about that? That was my favorite part about this camp. The idea oh. of masks, not COVID masks. Oh, like getting a new name and all that? No, just like not like stripping away all these things. Like yeah. your name, your profession and cause that's how people profile one another. I think it's super smart like it's so you fascinating get to know the person like and them at a very basic natural level because could you even talk about like what your interests were like he wouldn't have known you were a writer right well i could talk about that because that was technically not work oh, that was okay. not my profession and, okay. yeah i a lot of people had anxiety about what are what am i going to talk to people about mm -hmm. which is just so the point like right. we don't even know how to communicate yeah, we're so programmed. Like, right. This yeah. is what do you do? Uh, I had a teacher. I think it was in. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. 
acting coach like in middle school or something uh like the theater teacher i think it was him he said his name was mr g and papa but he taught us like day one he's like as an adult you're gonna realize that you know uh you're labeled as what you do like you're an accountant you're uh you know lawyer you're a ditch digger whatever it is but i don't ever want you to answer that way i want you to answer in what you do that fulfills you you know like oh i remember you, you telling me this yeah and i think at that time i was like i really was into like snowboarding and horseback riding and doing outdoor stuff so i'm like oh i horseback ride i i play in the snow but that immediately like changed my entire mind frame as a child too i was like oh yeah that makes sense like yeah well because we we use these things to like more quickly understand somebody it's a we're profiling them right Right. but the one thing that i circled here i didn't even realize i said this until we listened to it back i i threw diets in there like because we do do that we think like mark Havka, he's vegan so people immediately are like oh well if he's vegan he's probably x y and z which is likely very true like stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason but 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 that's not who he is those are like aspects of him characteristics but they're not who he is at the core and one of the things that happened at camp that i kind of talked about but i didn't really so the farmer wasn't actually sitting directly across from me at the silent dinner he was one girl over that's what you said originally and then yeah i just it was i was like it's gonna be too complicated to explain in a story but so you're basically telling the viewers you were lying hey Listen, there's a lot of embellishment in these stories, too, because that's how I protect myself legally. (laughs) (laughs) So, so anyhow, so this girl that was, or or really quickly, so he later told me he had actually tried to, like, get into where he could sit across from me, but he, like, just missed it. Mm -hmm. So this girl that was sitting across from me, um, there was this part in dinner where they just wanted you to stare directly into each other's eyes. Which I was really grateful that this was a girl, actually, because it felt way more safe. Right. Oh, the trash trash oh, is yeah. coming down our street now, I think. Isn't this yeah. fun, everybody? Yeah. Don't you feel like you're really here with and us? if you randomly hear this, that's our metal walls. Well, accidentally yesterday when I was recording the commentary for the next story, which I almost wish I didn't do because I keep finding myself wanting to reference points that I already made, but that you guys haven't heard me make yet. Mm. Um, there was like a crow that came in. Spoiler alert! Is this the one that you thought fell down and came inside? Yes. Okay, we're going to hit pause until this truck passes. And we're back. The trash is left. Yeah. We're back in business. We're clean. Get rid of that junk. We're empty. Feel good. (laughs) Um, the season's all about getting rid of toxicity and the garbage man just came, baby. (laughs) So dumb. (laughs) Anyway. So I was really happy that it was a girl because it felt more safe, but, uh, I... And honestly, like, I, you're my boy. You're my fiance. You just upgraded. <laughs> we were staring at each other's eyes for an extended period of time. I do want to do this with you, actually. Let's do it right now. No, I um, don't want to do it right now. That would be very weird for everyone. Just everybody listen to the sounds in the background. Okay, one minute, six seconds, go. Stop it. We're not doing this. But what I was going to say is I do have a, like, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this. Like, I, I do feel, and I do know, per my therapist, I have a problem with intimacy. Yeah. I don't mean sex. I just mean like intimacy. I've done this same thing before. You just stare? Yeah, where we've had to do that for, I don't know, leadership retreat stuff or random things that I've been a part of where, yeah, it's happened two or three times where you sit there for like a minute, 
to three minutes just fucking, staring. It's fucking weird. It is weird, but then but there's like a point where it turns. There's the connection that you're like, Whoa. Yes, and then yeah. you truly connect with somebody. And that's the, the reason I say I don't think I would have been able to do it as successfully or gotten from it what I did if it had been a guy. Because yeah. I would have felt, or maybe it would have, I mean, who's, what do I know? Like, I wouldn't have been able to if it was the farmer. Or maybe, so? or maybe Without, I would have, and maybe it would have been different. I don't know. Would you have known him? Like, no, I wouldn't have. Was... I hadn't talked to him at that point. Okay. I don't believe. But she and I, so there was the part where it turns. And it was like, all of a sudden, we both just got really emotional. And it was like, because all of a sudden, like, I saw her and she saw me. And it's kind of like the best way I can describe it as an analogy, which is going to sound a little fucked up at first. But it's kind of like the way you communicate with your dog. Yeah. You can't speak. You don't really know what you're what they're thinking, but like you find a way to understand what they're thinking. How did it start out? Were you guys like smiling or like? Why does this feel like it's like... about to turn into a porn? <laughs> 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 how did how did it start? Are you yeah. too late? Did it turn steamy? Was there some romantic music playing? Um, no, there was somebody like there was an MC, mm-hmm. one of the counselors of I think actually it was the wife of the guy who created the camp that had passed away. She was kind of doing like a guided meditation although it wasn't a meditation right. but she was doing like a guided thing yeah, if you will from being super uncomfortable yeah, yeah like kind of instructing us like now look at this and now think about this or i, I don't honestly remember mm. but i think what felt so good about it was it, it truly was the most present i had been up to that point without drugs like i'd well yeah you can be super present in nature and like listening to the sounds of the well, we were in a that, cafeteria i know when you're staring into another human's eyes that won't look away that gets real, real quick. It does. And I think like that was the whole point. It's like getting past all the bullshit, the things that we say to distract everybody and like impress them. And like, God, this is so annoying to me because so were much of like, what I want to say, I say in the next episode. Were you so pissed? You're like, I should have done my mascara. Damn it. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> um, funny fact. It was hmm. interesting that the farmer described that experience as culty. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Looking back, that's how he I said it. And for me, I thought it was actually really cool. Did he explain, like, what his no, and situation was? No, and that was the thing I, th- I thought was so interesting about, like, leaving camp is the things that I took away from it, you can even hear it in my voice now. Like, I still carry with me. I think yeah. about it very consciously. And it felt like he just kind of disregarded them. Even though he said, didn't you learn anything at camp? I was like... Yeah, I did, but clearly you didn't, and you think you did. I wrote this down again. It's not who you are, it's what you do. It is true to a degree, but again, like, the way I write is, like, ironically, it is very intimate, and it is my direct thought process and feelings. It is a window into who I am and and how I operate, and he totally rejected that. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't need to like your writing for us to work. What the fuck are you talking about? That's who I am. Well, that's what that was the pivotal point in what made me know that I was falling in love with you because Aww, you, you just said I, that you liked me, I'm, not that you were falling in love with me. I know I was scared at that point. But oh, I know I write all you, about baby. it. <laughs> yeah, we had we had been hanging out for a long time, and then you trusted me enough to uh, you sent it to me. Can I be I honest like, with hey, you? Hey, I want to I want to hear your <laughs> podcast. I want to hear your writing, and you were like. No, no. And then you finally did. And I was... That may have been strategy, Kev. I was in the car and I listened to it and I was like, oh my God, this girl is smart. She's funny. She like is crass, but sensitive. 
I was I was like shocked. I was like, she is so much deeper than I'm getting, you know, from well, surface conversations yeah. and stuff before I actually knew you. Yeah, we'll talk like, about Whoa. what you thought of me in the beginning, because because yeah, it's important. Not today, yeah. but another episode. Yeah, the one about this you. Is one of those scary ones that are going to catch me off guard. It's gonna, no, it's gonna be no, actually, I think it's like a very it's negative about me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's it's not negative about you. I thought this was going to turn into like one of those like MTV <clears throat> shows or something where it's like, and now the bitch slap comes in. <laughs> what do you have to say about it? Um, I, I didn't see it coming. That's all very nice of you to say to me. It really means a lot. I'm not good at taking a compliment, but I do have to admit to you, there was a part of me that it was very strategic in letting you hear it. Yeah. One, it was because I wanted to not like you if you didn't like this right because of what <laughs> right. happened with the farmer like i've seen this yeah but do i also wanted to impress you <laughs> <laughs> well, damn girl you impressed because me. again like we're gonna talk about next week we're gonna talk about like i kind of like teased it this week i was like i was starting to really uncover and discover my self-worth and my value and the yeah. things that i really was confident in and i felt really proud of that i wanted someone else to recognize in me as well yeah. And I think the writing that, was kind of my gateway to doing that, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Hey, everybody has their own things, but the fact that he didn't see it or didn't like your writing, that shocks me. It shocks me. I can understand the jaded side or something like that because he's no, he hasn't lived through what you've been through. And you're like, I'm telling a factual story. Like, that's fine if you think it's jaded, but that's not at all it. Well, that's that's kind of going back to the people that were at this camp is mm -hmm. he viewed himself as a very creative person. Oh. And compared to me, he might as well have been my sister who plays basketball. Right. I mean, like more analytical he, or like very, yeah. very much. I mean, he's doing chemistry for a living. Yeah. He's an he's. He's super smart, like super high IQ, but I'm like, you're like, I didn't expect him to know good writing when he heard it. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I think I did initially because I was like, he's super smart. He has a high IQ. He should be able to. People listening are like, maybe your writing's really shit. <laughs> but honestly, I read him a podcast episode before the podcast was out. You would ask me yeah. what I read him. That was it. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Don't, I don't care if people don't like my writing. Like, I, I think it's great. Yeah. I, I mean, I really, really do. It's my favorite. But for a long-term relationship, it's got to be something that they're at least open to, you know? Not just, I mean, hey, it's... you're better as an actress. Let's just keep it at that, okay? Well, and that's a whole it. other thing of, like, about respecting what somebody does. He doesn't know good acting from bad acting. Not like another actor would, right? right? Yeah, but see tells. Right. But also... It's just like you have to respect what somebody does, even if it's not what you do, right? You have to, like, he was good. He was good at growing produce. Like, I could see that he was good at growing produce, and he had a lot of customers. And like, we went to the different farmers markets where his stuff was at, and I saw his greenhouses. And did he have the freshest produce? It was really cool, yeah, yeah. and it was really delicious. And I was like, great, I respect what you do. And he basically like didn't respect what I did, right. but but it could seem like he did because I booked two different acting jobs when I was with him. And he was so excited and like pride, prideful of it. But that that was because he liked bragging about his girlfriend being an actor. Right. Not because he was actually respecting my craft. Yeah. yeah. If it was like you guys lived on an island or something and you had the same success, it wouldn't 
be the same because he couldn't show it off. Yeah, like, exactly. You're not it bringing was, food to the table. You're not bringing. You know, it was like, all about the fantasy, basics. which is which is funny. I wrote this. I'm 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 assuming I was referencing it to like this fantasy aspect, but I said this story and interaction of mine is almost a role reversal of stereotypical men and and women roles and behaviors. Um, I think what I mean by that is most most of the time. I think the acting thing is kind of like a special circumstance when like anybody would fantasize an actor, right? We all see stars in our eyes with celebrities. But um, I think stereotypically women do more of the fantasy and pedestal building than men do about a woman. Of course, it depends on the individual. But again, we're talking in a generalization. And I think it was, especially for how much I know I had done and continued to do that, I thought it was super interesting for me to be on the other end of it, which you'll see next week. It happens again in a, in a more magnified way in that story. But it was interesting being on the flip side of something that I often did to other people and right. witness. And I'm like, oh, this is all like kind of radical and like accelerated. And, and a lot of girls, when guys do that to them, I don't think they understand it from that perspective. They're just like, he just goes me and went off and you know like disappeared like what the fuck did i do and it's like we are totally oblivious right yeah there are also just some assholes that you know well i think it goes from like men in the 50s and before would be the breadwinners and they're the ones that you know have to have the really great job and the high status and everything and that's kind of maybe where the women looking up to the men and having mm-hmm. them on a pedestal type thing and so it switched for you where you were on the pedestal because you were an actress and stuff you know yeah i didn't like it yeah it felt very fucking weird yeah, it felt like page. if you've ever felt like someone doesn't see you or you feel invisible it's extremely strange because it it's like you're nothing more than this idea what well, you're just a you're just another wall he's putting up in the form of pedestal because everyone has their walls up towards things but like he's putting this wall up for you saying oh this is who you are almost it's do you know what i really strange. think it was because i'm at, i'm taking my shoes off because i need to cross my legs my old lady knees hurt um <laughs> i i think what it really was i'm sure i'd been objectified millions of time in life but this was the first time i actually felt what it feels like to be objectified not sexually mm-hmm. but i felt I didn't feel like a person. I felt like an object. Right. An actor being an object, not a human. Right. Right? And, like, he just didn't care about the person behind my physical appearance. Yeah. Which that, is, yeah, something that you can put up with if you're on a red carpet or something where, you know, a bunch of people you don't know are doing it. But when somebody that you're trying to, you know, communicate and be in a relationship with. It's like, wait, yeah. why are you doing that same fanboy shit? Like, that's strange. Yeah. 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 It was kind of like the guy with the unicorn penis. What mm-hmm. did I call him? Oh, oh, I don't remember his name in the story. his real name, but yeah. Unicorn penis. That's yeah. just what we're calling him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Unipenis. He did that when I had a, a burlesque show at the Viper Room. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What it was he... one of the first times I actually saw him totally into me because he was like a dog trying to piss on his oh, territory. Because all these guys came up to me afterwards. I mean, to be fair, I saw the pictures, so. This is a different show. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. It I wasn't was that one. about the spider one. He wishes Ooh. he was with me then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but Sam. he, but that was the thing too, is I let, so for those of you that don't know, um, my preferred workout is pole fitness. It has been for many, many years. 
And I made the mistake of letting one of the guys I was dating, Unicorn Penis, into that world. And it kind of became a part of our, like, you know, bedroom life, which is a huge no-no. And he really fell in love with the fantasy of the character that came out when I danced. Right. Which is fine, you can play dress up. But, like, when that's your personal space that you, you know do your workouts and get to get lost in your own head it's like (laughs) that's yeah but the also the thing that sucks about it is so i have this friend who's like been married forever and she's never danced in front of her husband and i'm like what now i understood i of course immediately understood it after the whole thing with unicorn penis because it it affected yes something that brought me joy now it was making me feel um first of all sexualized secondly Mm. after we broke up it made me feel like i didn't want to do it anymore which sucked but what sucks for poor Kevin is now I'm with you and you've never really seen me dance because I'm like, no. I have. Yep, but you haven't. Time. You think you have, but you haven't. And the whole reason is because it, and we'll get there and that's fine. And the only way that we're going to get there is by me opening up to you. So I'm going to do a dance for you. <laughs> you I'm have. get in there. Remember? Yeah, but you think you've seen me dance, <laughs> but you know nothing of my but flexibility. When, when, you do, <laughs> when you do pole dancing and like you choose to let your, your partner into it, you really need to make sure that you guys are like have a really good solid foundation yeah, and really trust safe. one another. Yeah, yeah you have to have the do. safety to be able to like go into the fantasy world and then come out of it right. and still like yeah. that's what actual intimacy is. So Yeah, you're not allowed to bring the archery bow. Yes. Cuz you're reckless. I am reckless. That um tickles me. Okay, so there was one thing I told Kevin the other day too. I hope it didn't come off this way, but in case it did, I do feel I need to address it. Um the farmer did not ask for my consent before he penetrated me, but he did not <laughs> Just rape me. Just kind of glazed over that one. I did. I just did. Like he, I don't want people to think he he raped me and I just glossed over it. He did not rape me. We were fully like in the midst of that. Consensual, yeah. Yes, it was going that way. I just meant like I'm used to there being a conversation before it actually goes in where there's like a... The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed... Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, are you clean? Am I clean? Do you have rubbers? Do like that this whole thing. This is the thing. first time, so maybe we should. Yeah, and that didn't really uh, happen. It just kind of. I didn't even know he'd pulled it out of his fucking boxers. Right. Not not that he like it wasn't going to happen. I'm just saying like I would have preferred a conversation like every other sexual experience I'd had. Right. Um, but I I did want to make that clear. I just wanted to be sensitive because that's a big deal. Um, and then the only other thing that I really wanted to discuss was this five stages of relationships. So I briefly mentioned it in the story. It is up on howbitchesaremade.com under this episode as well as the actual story episode. But in case you don't have time to drop by the website and read it, I figured I would just give you some bullet points on why I referenced it. So by understanding the five stages of a relationship, you can expect each stage and not get stuck in any of them. And the five stages of a relationship, as identified by Dr. Susan Campbell, uh, are as follows. The romance stage, or the honeymoon phase. The power struggle stage. 
the stability stage, the commitment stage, and the co-creation or bliss stage. And it's really cool. If you want to go to this website, it's loveatfirstfight.com. <laughs> That's cute. Like and it. there's a quiz that you can take. It's a two-minute quiz. I took it. Kevin and I are in the power struggle stage. Ooh. So I'm going to read you um, the romance stage first because that references me and the farmer and most every other relationship I've had and most every relationship I'm sure you listening have had. Um the romance stage, I'm just reading this straight off the site. The romance stage begins when we fall in love with someone. It can last up to two years and then it ends as quickly as it began. In the romance stage, we experience love in its most immature form, infatuation or fantasy. Um, cool. Infatuation, nice. according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, means a foolish or extravagant love or admiration. The farmer. Uh, infatuation is quote foolish end quote and that we can only see our partner's light side this is where it's very interesting we're in complete denial of their dark side they too are only seeing us through rose tinted glasses a useful way to understand the importance of the romance stage is to look at it through the lens of evolution Nature needed a way to ensure that us humans would reproduce and ensure the survival of our species. So nature adapted and an emotion called love was born. Yeah, the honeymoon phase is the Instagram phase. It's what you're putting out there that you want people to think you are. All I can say is please listen to next week's episodes. Oh <laughs> I have like talked so much about this. Oh okay. Um, uh, the feeling of love encourages us to pair bond, but not with just anyone. Nature makes sure, this is very interesting, nature makes sure we fall in love with someone who appears to be the most incompatible person in the entire universe. The person least capable of meeting our needs and most capable of making our worst nightmares come true. Then they say, not very romantic, I know. Walking on a tightrope. But I imagine you're nodding your head as you recognize this truth. Why would nature want us to fall in love with someone so incompatible? Because this same person usually has complementary traits to our own. E.g., what does that mean? It's like I.E. What does that mean? I mean, I know what it means, but what does it really it's mean? An example? Important example? Yeah. An example. I bet you it means an example. Know. I, I could know. totally just Google this, but it's more fun yeah. to guess. No. Uh, we're Let's more analytical more. than, and they're more nurturing. Oh my God, that's you and me. Yeah. Example. We're more analytical and they're more nurturing. That's totally you. <laughs> and that's totally me. Yeah. Analytical writer in you. The breastfeeding in you. <laughs> Their traits compensate for our weaknesses and vice versa. Combine the sum of all the sum of our differences forms a unit more resilient than each of us are as individuals. And a strong unit is more likely to survive and ensure the continuation of the human species. But of course, when we fall in love, we couldn't yet see all of our partner's flaws. If we had known about them so early on, we'd have run like hell in the opposite direction. Which is, you know what? This is why it worked out because you and I immediately saw each other's flaws and we didn't even <laughs> like, like each other ew, in the no. beginning. That's really <laughs> funny. Um, which is exactly why nature has to drug us. So that then they go into this thing about the chemistry of love. When you fall in love, your brain releases a cocktail of chemicals with fancy names. These are all designed to set your heart thumping and light a fire in your loins. In fact, the only difference between being in love and being an addict high on drugs is that being in love is legal. Just like getting high, falling in love allows you to see your new partner through beautiful rose-tinted glasses, only showing you what makes you feel good and filtering out all the bad stuff. Your drug-induced haze forces you to only notice where you're similar, hiding your partner's flaws. It also makes you say and do whatever is necessary to get 
along and please the other. Oh my god. The biggest trap of the romance stage is our dishonesty. It's not that we lie, but more that we aren't completely truthful. Letting our partners see who we are and know what we want might scare them off, so we keep parts of ourselves hidden. Does that sound familiar, bitches? It takes two years in to really get down to the nitty-gritty. This is so interesting. Knowing this, you are willing to risk rejection and talk about some potentially difficult topics with your partner? Oh, knowing this, are you willing? Question mark. For example, it might be useful to know whether or not you're both on the same page about having kids or monogamy, etc. If you can get these deal-breaker conversations out of the way now, the rest of your relationship will go a lot more smoothly. Inevitably, the romance stage grinds to a halt when the drugs wear off. At this point, your brain stops producing those delicious love chemicals. You wake up one morning with what I call a love hangover. Laying next to the most incompatible person in the universe thinking, something's wrong with this relationship. This can take anywhere from two months to two years to happen. Often this happens when one of you perceives some kind of permanence to the relationship. Oh my god, that is what happened to me because he wanted to move. Mm -hmm. Permanence might be symbolized by dating exclusively, moving in together, meeting the parents, getting pregnant, getting engaged or married, or anything else that symbolizes permanence to you. And then the power struggle stage kicks in. Interesting fact. It's my favorite bit. Hollywood has glamorized the romance stage, making it out to seem like the pinnacle of romantic achievement. As a result, when your relationship arrives at the power struggle stage, it's easy to incorrectly assume that because your relationship doesn't look like the movies, it must be flawed. Often, couples in the power struggle stage break up or divorce hoping to find a more compatible mate, only to discover that the same patterns reemerge in their next relationship, and their next relationship, and their next relationship. Yeah, Disney had it all wrong. They all they always like ride off into the sunset. It should have been like riding off into like stormy dark clouds. Yeah, there's a know? there's like, a reason why they cut it off storm. at that point. Nobody wants to write about a power struggle. Yeah. Yeah. But but um the power struggle is it's not a bad thing. Like I said, that's where you and I are according to the quiz I took. I do want you to take it to see like if your oh, perception yeah. aligns. But um it says that it normally happens in the three to four year mark. We've known each other about that long. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, it, that makes sense with us. There's some, I'm trying to skim this as we're talking, but it's, you're trying to work to get to change your partner back into the person you originally hoped they were, or punish them for not being that way or both. I don't think that's what we do, but I understand what they're saying. And then it says often one partner withdraws while the other partner pursues. Often one partner withdraws, shutting down their heart and pulling away to get some space while the other partner pursues them, demanding their attention while feeling desperately afraid that they're being emotionally deserted. And this is why you have to talk to your partner, people. So how long will the power struggle last? As I talk over you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is one of those things that I think it happens super slowly over time. It like does. The honeymoon phase wears off for one person before the other, potentially. It can. Right? And then one that's shutting down or one that's, you know, being too needy, it it kind of works together there. So it's like you guys need to talk to each other so that, like, you can slowly dissolve <laughs> that into the power struggle. Well, so they say, how long does your power struggle last? The power struggle stage can last anywhere from a few months to many years. I've worked with couples who have been stuck in the power struggle for more than 50 years. So I remember I remember my therapist telling me this, that most people never get out of the power struggle stage. Hmm. And that's why marriage seems so, like so much work. Right. But they say how long it lasts will depend on your willingness to embrace change, your childhood history, and the quality of the relationship repair advice you receive. Yeah. Um, well, everyone knows those 
marriages that are just horribly like they're always talking shit to each other and like it's it seems more like they're you know not very good roommates you know yeah <laughs> like, right whereas like my parents my parents always say like marriage is hard and you really got to work at it but then they also are always kissing on each other and loving and laughing together so you know that the love's there you know and it's yeah. not like a, what know. about for people whose parents don't do that uh, i mean that's what i'm saying that might be in that's our childhood struggle. history yeah. What do you mean? Right. Well, your parents are definitely like. Oh fuck they're very, no! They're still affectionate. No. They laugh at each Kevin, other. Kevin, do you know how many times they're like, "Ew!" When I kiss my boyfriend, they're like, "Take that somewhere else." Like they cannot see fucking affection. I'm not saying the affection side. I'm saying that like, your mom and dad have all these like little inside jokes where they just laugh and like they'll say things to each Literally, other. Literally, there like, is nobody. I have no idea what you're talking about, but it's great that you guys are laughing together no that literally they shit. could not be with anybody else they are like right. so tailor-made for one another they it's are. very funny uh last things i'm going to read on this it says um interesting fact without the skills to navigate the power struggle stage and resolve your differences you'll keep returning to this painful stage over and over and over again throughout your relationship there are two ways most couples deal with their power struggle stage they either break up or they survive. Under the breakup, I'm reading this for a reason. It says they take the nearest exit and break up. Very often, these people are serial daters looking for love but finding disappointment instead. What I hear when I read that as a serial dater myself, formerly, um, is that serial daters are the people I talk about that just slap a band aid over the wound and right. don't want to spend any time alone, which is really what we talk about in next week's story. But it's such a hard, like, spot to get to that power struggle because you're like, wait am i going to spend the rest of my life with somebody who's wrong like do i cut it off right now and try to find my person or is this my person and should i work through it because well, I, there is like that fine sure. line where you're like i but i think a telltale sign is if like they're saying in this article if you have those big conversations and someone's like uh, i can't handle that. this it's like well they're not your person yeah because they're not on the out. same page Run. yeah yeah it's kind of like i think with with the farmer the thing it's it's weird it's very nuanced because i don't think that i was truly ready when i met him to be with someone of course i wasn't he was a rebound right but i i do think that i was ready to be ready right and so i i was looking at him i was like this is this is an inappropriate partner i'm i'm choosing right now if these are the things that i actually want so like if i'm gonna be looking for someone serious i need to get serious and what does that look like? And then I looked at him and I'm like, not that. Right. So and it's so easy at that point when you make that decision, you're like, oh, now I can filter it out because I yeah. have life experience and know what I actually want now. Yeah, but I think the reason I brought up the um, always having a barrier so that I couldn't get like, I could only go Too so close, far yeah. is... Because when I was younger, every guy I dated, I looked at like, I'm going to marry him. I was hoping he'd be the last one. Right. But... I think I was getting even caught up in the fantasy of marriage, yeah. right? Like, oh, like that, that would be so great to like, you know, well, hit the pinnacle of what I'm supposed to do. Every little kid and especially every little girl, it's, you know, I'm going to be married and have kids like right. early on. I even thought that. I was like, there's no way I'm going to. You thought you were going to be a little girl and get married and have kids. I, I did. I picked yeah. out my dress and everything, but <laughs> I didn't think I'd be past 30 and still not even find the person that. You know, I know. And as we'll talk about next life. week also. <laughs> I'm learning how I need to record these. Oh. <laughs> I can't do them out of order. Um, as we talk about next week, wait, what did you just say? I picked out my dress. I'm a little girl that <laughs> wanted to grow up and marry 
love my life and have children. I don't remember what I was going to say, but don't <laughs> worry. I say it in next week's episode. Um, okay. I think that those are all the points I had to make. Do you have any any questions? No. No. I think I derailed this enough. All right. Well, we are going to go and we're going to pack for our trip yeah. that I'm so excited about. And we're going to celebrate somebody's love. We're going right to a now. wedding. Yeah. Well, the first wedding I'm actually, that's not true. There was like one or two others that I was actually excited about. But this one's a big one because it's my childhood friend. Yeah. Which Who I don't have, I have any not of met them. Yet. And you, you have not met, met her fiance. Yet. I have not. Yeah. 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 It's going to be fun. And then we get to go venture off to Round Top. Well, hold up. This is very funny because at the top of this story, I'm like, I was working in Atlanta. I am going back. We're going to Atlanta for Mm. this wedding. And coincidentally enough, she was my childhood friend. We were both born a month apart in Chicago. Our siblings were already like four or five Mm. friends. So our parents knew each other. And then we moved to Arizona when I was like four or five. Then I saw her once when she came to visit for a soccer tournament at 12, 10 or 12. And then I didn't see her again until I was in Los Angeles and found out that she was doing makeup. And, and she, she lived like two or three blocks away from me. That is wild. And then then we went our separate ways again. She moved back because all the work was like back east. And then I booked Sleepy Hollow and had to go work in Atlanta. And she was working in Atlanta. And I was like, what the fuck? It's like the universe just hit I know. Me in the keeps face, bringing like, us hey, together. Hey. So so we were in Atlanta Be together. Friends. And she still lives there. So now I'm going back. Yeah. This is going to be a blast. Yeah. And then we are going to Round Top and Waco. Yeah. To fulfill my wet dreams of home design yeah. and all sorts of things. Yeah. And then we're visiting our friends in Austin, in Austin which I've never yeah. been to. So we'll be gone for a bit, but don't worry. I'll still be pushing these episodes out. Just be patient with me. Yeah, and we might have a podcast or two on the road. We might. We yeah. don't know. I'm bringing yeah. the mics just yeah. in case. We'll see where where the road leads us. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a really big podcast. It Everything's is. bigger. Apparently. It is. In Texas? Yeah. 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 Longhorn State. It's true. Longhorn? Bighorn? Bighorn's Nevada. That's where I'm from. Never mind. Okay. I, I, I gotcha. couldn't know, but I, you know, I lived in Houston for a year. I just don't retain things. Yeah. Because I moved around too much. Yeah. Not around top, though. No. Okay. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, just a reminder, you can follow us at the Kevin Barrett with two R's and two T's and at the Rachel Malvin across all platforms. Uh, if you'd like to give us some feedback, you can email us info at howbitchesaremade.com. Visit our website, howbitchesaremade.com. <laughs> make sure to like, share, subscribe, and review this podcast so we can grow our audience. And um, I think that's about it. Yeah. Love each other. and um... Consistency is key. Stay bitchy, my friends. Thanks for listening. 